You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Hell State Nation? Welcome into Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast dedicated to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I am your host, Taylor Jones. Locked On Mississippi State is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. That's at Locked On Miss State, Locked On M-I-S-S-S-T. You can also send us an email, Locked On Mississippi State at gmail.com. It is our Maroon Friday show, the uh, football team getting ready to take on Mizzou and uh, we're going to be talking about that game today but we also have a special guest told you we would have a surprise for you today it is the voice of the Bulldogs Neil Price Neil Price joining us today and uh, we'll talk about this crazy 2020 year and just how it affects the broadcasting side of things we'll also talk about some of the things that he's seen this year from state basketball and state football and uh, give us his thoughts on uh, the Missouri game coming up tomorrow. So, Neil, uh, an honor to be talking with you today. How are you? I'm good, Taylor. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, a little chilly. It's a nice day uh, other than that, though. Uh, but uh, 2020 being a, uh, a very crazy year, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we thought, oh, there's no way a pandemic's going to come, and then March happens, and then our entire lives got turned around. And some of the things that I've uh, noticed about broadcasters, and I noticed that it's uh, happened to you too, uh, not being able to travel as much to basketball games per se, and when you are calling basketball games, you're doing it from a much different perspective than you're used to, and you know even broadcasting football is a little different as well too. So uh, we'll first start on the basketball side of things. Just how different is it when you call a game inside the hump as opposed to when the team goes on the road? Well, it's a lot different. Uh, you know, in basketball, we're not traveling at all this year. So uh, part of that is a league mandate that says that we're, we're not allowed to. Uh, and then in the non-conference, just based on where the games were and the way the football schedule fell, it just made more sense to, to stay in, in the football stadium and, and do the basketball games, as weird as that sounds. Uh but you know, when you're in person, what 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 I've learned from this, the things that you take for granted, are being able to see substitutes go to the table to check in, uh, being able to get the reaction from the bench on a big play or a bad play, being able to see what the coaches are focused on when a player comes out of the game, maybe if they're trying to coach him up on a specific area. You miss all of that when you're doing these remote broadcasts because you're at the mercy of whatever the television feed is sending you with regard to the picture. So the game itself is not that hard to call off of a monitor. But what is incredibly hard is keeping up with the finer details like subs. Uh, We don't always get to see the foul reported at the table like we would if we were there in person. So you're, you're relying on the stat monitor to keep you up to date on those things. And occasionally you have hiccups. Uh, Tolu Smith's first basket as a Mississippi State player, I didn't see because we threw the ball into the post. Tolu made a move. And the TV feed went out for two seconds. Oh, no. So you're sitting there. St- so you're sitting there staring at a black screen and it's like, okay, 
They throw the ball inside to Tolu. Tolu spins to his right, and then there's a long pause. And and I believe that the best thing I can do is be honest with the audience. So I said, folks, I'm in Starkville. The team's in Florida. We lost the video feed. And then when it popped back up, Tolu scored. I can't tell you how, but he scored. And you give the score of the game, and you move along. Um, There are people, I think, who have different opinions on how you should handle these remote broadcasts and should the broadcaster try to make it seem like they're there with the team or should you have a disclaimer that that says that the team is in one location and the broadcaster's in another. I think that in the age that we live in, people are smart enough to know the difference, but I, I do like to tell folks on the front end, hey, the team's on the road tonight. We're going to watch the game together. And, and try to make it an experience in that way as opposed to trying to pull off this great ruse that I'm in Atlanta while State's playing Dayton or I'm in Florida while they're playing Clemson or Liberty and not sitting in a studio in the north end zone of Davis Wade Stadium doing the game. So that has been a major adjustment. And I'll ask you this, when it comes to calling the road games, do you do they send a, a crowd feed, if you will, where you can actually get sounds from the live game, or are you having to do a, a Bull Durham thing where you're just having to kind of make stuff up as it goes? Well, sometimes we get the, the crowd audio. Um, CBS Sports Network had the first two games that State played on the road, and they were kind enough through the production company that was working the event for them to send us just a raw video and then also the the noise from the gym and state was playing in a community college gym so it's it's smaller you can hear the benches there are no people there you know watching no fans watching the game so it 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 had a sound that was it had a sound that matched the pictures i guess is the best way i could describe it in atlanta we did good just to get the video So we had this fake crowd noise that was being looped in from behind off of a a machine uh, in the studio with me. And, you know, if you're watching the game and you're listening, you kind of know that it's all being pieced together because there were no fans that I'm aware of in the arena in Atlanta when State and Dayton played last Saturday. So, um, you know, it, it varies from game to game. I, I think once we get to the SEC games at the end of this month, what people are going to find out is, and what we're going to find out as broadcasters is that we'll have a much better plan for how we're going to attack it because the schools all have production facilities. We, they're all in contact with one another over the course of the year and have been in contact with one another about some of the unique challenges uh, of broadcasting the games and, and providing some pictures for radio because of the travel restriction. And I think that we'll have a better plan and a more consistent way to, to go at how we broadcast the road games. And I'm looking forward to that. I mean, the fact that we've done three road games and we've gotten through them is a win in my book. And it's taken more than just a handful of people to make it happen every time. But, um, you know, when we get to the league, I think we'll have a better idea how it's going to go. And I think it'll sound more like what we're accustomed to hearing from, from an SEC broadcast. Speaking with Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs on today's Locked On Mississippi State. 
We talked there in uh, right there about just calling games, especially on the basketball side of things, where the broadcasters aren't able to travel, but they are able to call the games at home but from a much different perspective. On the football side of things, it has been a little shaky. Uh, I know it's happened to State a couple of times where they've had to move some games to the uh, end of the season. Uh, we've also seen in the Pac-12 where you know games are changed. You know, in on a Tuesday. Uh, we also uh, probably the biggest one over on uh, this side of the country is BYU Coastal Carolina. Almost 48 hours to the time of kickoff when that game was announced. So, what's it like preparing for a football game? Because when you listen to the games, the broadcasters, they know a lot of things, and it's because they put in so much time, work, and effort in getting all the interesting facts and notes about these certain players and about this rivalry game and all. So what's it like preparing for a game knowing that you've put all this time and effort in, say, Missouri, and then the game ends up being moved to two or three weeks later? Well, you know, I've been really fortunate, Taylor, that I've not had the rug pulled out from an under me on on a game kind of like the way you're describing there. TV's had that happen multiple times, obviously, because of the, the bulk of, of games that they're trying to put together each week. But we've had enough notice that before I get too deep down the road in, in the prep process that I haven't really gotten started, like when the Missouri game was moved um, – there was one other one in there that got postponed, uh, the Auburn game. I didn't really get started down the path. Now, what I will tell you is is difficult from my perspective is that when, when you get into a rhythm, football is football's a monster to get ready for. Um, it's only one game a week, and you think, well, in theory, okay, they're only playing one game a week. It can't be that hard. Well, inevitably, 22 people are going to get together and they're going to all move at the same time. And there are going to be 22 more behind them that are all going to come out. And they're all going to be moving at the same time. So you've got to know something about at least 44 guys every game. And the reality is, as you get deeper into a season, it's more like knowing a little something about 60 different guys on each team because that that's just kind of the nature of it. Uh, those are the people that play. So it, there's there's a there's a structure to it. I mean, there's a Monday routine, a Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way till we get to the game on Saturday that you kind of fall into. What's been difficult for me, I think, with the postponements and the fluid nature of the schedule is that, once they tap the brakes and say, hey, you've got an open date this week, you kind of disengage a little bit. And then when the next Monday rolls around, you're trying to get that process and that routine cranked back up again. And that can be difficult. At least I found it to be. And then when you get into the overlap, which now is much longer because we're playing football into mid-December, you're talking about a week like I had last week where you're you're prepping a football game, State and Auburn. You've got a coach's radio show on a Thursday night that you're getting ready for, and you've got two basketball games built around that. Uh, that was a hectic week, uh, you know, and, and again, you, you just try to keep yourself in this frame of mind that here's the routine, here's what has to get accomplished on this day, and you just keep attacking it. Um I don't. I can't speak for the guys who are working in television, but I think the thing that 
maybe has become more difficult for them is that where where they're broadcasting games from home and where you have kind of a fluid roster with regard to maybe somebody has been contact traced, maybe somebody actually has the virus, heaven forbid, and they're not able to work uh, for a couple weeks, then you, you're seeing broadcasters that are doubling up in some cases doing two events in one day because there's no travel involved. They're sitting there. Uh, a network sent them the equipment. Why don't we just let them do it all? Um, and, and, and in some ways that's happened with me last Saturday, you know, last Saturday with the Dayton basketball game and the Auburn football game, had this been a normal year, someone else would have gone to Atlanta, Jim Ellis, or maybe Jason Crowder, someone else on our crew would have gone to Atlanta, would have done that basketball game. And I would have stayed here and focused solely on the football game because, that's the sport that, quote, is in season um, because we can't travel to basketball and because it was an afternoon game at a night football game, there's no reason for me not to do both of them. So you get into doing two events in a day, and that's certainly unusual. So that's the part of football that has been an adjustment. What I would tell you is when the game starts – from a standpoint of us traveling to the games, we've gone separate of the team, but we've still traveled to every game. The The actual nuts and bolts of it once the game starts hasn't been that different at all. There, It's noticeable there are fewer people in the stands. It's noticeable that there, there, there's no band on the field. There's no pregame show. There's no halftime. There's none of that. That's all very noticeable and different. But – the actual business of broadcasting football has not been that different for us at all. Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs, joining us on today's Maroon Friday show of Locked On Mississippi State. Today's show is brought to you by Coors Light. Hey, state football's uh, playing again tomorrow, so that's perfect opportunity for you to just sit down, relax, and chill because it doesn't matter if state's playing or not. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to sit on the couch and drink beer. So find that state game, or maybe after the state game's over, flip through the channels, find a sport to watch, and crack open a cold Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for that moment for you to unwind. You can also get Coors Light delivered straight to your door. For more information, go to get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. We're going to have more with Neil Price in just a second. This is Locked On Mississippi State. Segment number two on today's Maroon Friday show with Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs. We talked about how broadcasting is different there in uh, the first segment of the show, talking about how basketball games are different. There's a little difference there in uh, calling football games. For the most part, it's uh, pretty much the same. So we'll now move on to your broadcasting career at Mississippi State. And probably one of the bigger games uh, that you've gotten to call over the last two years was last year's Egg Bowl. Uh, so I just, you know, want, wanted to, you know, get uh, into your head about, you know, what you were thinking once Ole Miss scored the touchdown, once the uh, celebration penalty occurred, and then the missed field goal. So just that whole sequence of what seemed like probably five or six minutes, but really didn't take all that long at all. So just your thoughts on the end of the Egg Bowl and where that ranks among the games that you've gotten to broadcast. 
my thought, honestly, Taylor, was, well, it's the Egg Bowl. Um, You know, and and why I say that is that would have been the third one that I've done, and there's been some kind of an incident in all of the games except – for the one that was played in Oxford this year. That was the most normal football game of the four that I've done with regard to guys just going out and playing and no extracurriculars or none of the the showboating or or any of that. So, honestly, that was my first thought. Ole Miss had scored the touchdown in that game uh, in, in 19, and my thought was, okay, we've got the potential to go to overtime. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I didn't see what Elijah Moore had done after that touchdown until much later. Uh, It was getting relayed to me from the sideline because everybody's just going nuts because the Ole Miss team thinks that they've got a chance to tie the game here. The state team's kind of scrambling, okay, what are we going to do? And then you hear the referee tell us that there's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So now you're sorting all this out, and and Jay Perry is kind of feeding me from the sideline, hey, here's what happened, here's what it went, you know, here, here's here's why we've got a 15-yarder, and we're going to take it and back them up. And I think there was a little bit of confusion even on the parts of the officials and maybe state's bench in all the hullabaloo down there to remember that that 15-yard penalty could be enforced on the kick because the original announcement, if memory serves, was that that was going to be enforced on the kickoff. And everybody's like, wait, why? You know, make them kick a long extra point. And it turns out it's the difference in the game. Um, when, When Ole Miss kicked the point, it looked like it was going right to me as soon as the kicker's foot hit it. But you want to be right And the call was, I think he missed it because I wasn't sure. And then, of course, you see the you see the officials come out from under the uprights. You see the the students in the north end zone just start to go ballistic. And then all the chaos that ensued after that was state's bench emptying onto the field and one player from the Ole Miss sideline coming onto the field to take exception and then you get the offsetting unsportsmanlike conduct fouls and the onside kick that State recovers and the game ends. Um, yeah, that one's up there just because I don't think there's there's a page in the broadcaster handbook that explains what to do if a guy mimics urinating on a pylon and it winds up turning into a play that decides a game. Uh, you just don't go to the you don't go to the ballpark thinking that's going to happen, uh, you know. But it's the egg bowl, so these things happen. Uh, that that was my thought, honestly. Um, I kind of show up to that game with a little bit of nervous apprehension about who is going to do what that we're going to have to try to explain by the end of the day. And luckily this year we didn't have it. I wish the game obviously would have gone differently. But uh, it, it was, of the four games that I've done in the series, it was the most normal football game of, of the group. And we'll continue your broadcasting career, or talking about your broadcasting career right here. Uh, you've been at Mississippi State for a handful of years now. What was your journey in your broadcasting career that led you to Starkville, Mississippi, and to be the voice of the Bulldogs? Well, it, it's a long one, and we won't get into all that to bore everybody to death, but I think the, the high points that are important as it relates to how I got here, I started doing baseball and women's basketball at the University of Kentucky in 2005, 
And the baseball coach at Kentucky when I first started was a guy named John Cohen. So the guy I work for here is a guy named John Cohen. Uh, you know, same guy. Uh, you know, and I don't think that I had any thought at that point in 2005 when I first met John that I would wind up working for him as an athletic director at a totally different school one day. I'm not sure if he knew in 2005 that he would get a chance to come back and be the head coach here of the baseball team or that he even wanted to get into administration at some point. But that's why in, in broadcasting, and I think just in life in general, uh, building friendships, making connections uh, is very important because you just never know what path life is going to take. So by the time that Jim Ellis decided he wanted to step away from doing football and men's basketball and just focus on doing the baseball games, um, this is 2017. I had been at Kentucky for 12 years. Uh, I saw an announcement on social media that Jim had decided that he wanted to scale back and I sent John a text and, and said, hey, you know, I don't know when the appropriate time is to discuss this, but I'd like to talk to you about it when, whenever that time comes. And a few weeks down the road, here's the process. Here are the people at Learfield IMG who are going to be doing the search. Uh, here's where you need to send the stuff. And he kind of helped me get into the process. And then from there, it was just, you know, going through it with, I'm sure, the, the hundreds, you know, or 150, 200 or so others that applied and and finally being there at the end of one of these things where, you know, I was able to get the job. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad it worked out. Uh, it was always a dream of mine to do SEC football, men's basketball, and certainly I've been given an opportunity to do that here. And uh, it's a wonderful town. It's a great school. Uh, people are incredibly friendly. They've been incredibly welcoming. And, uh, boy, I, I can't, uh, I can't think of, of many places that, that I'd rather be than right here. Uh, and you know, it's been a fun ride to this point. Got to see a lot of really cool things, go to a lot of places that I don't think I ever would have imagined I'd been able to go to in my career, like, uh, Madison square garden, um, great wins and bowl games for a football team. Um, Think about the one against Louisville, uh, where they beat a, a Heisman trophy winner, uh, in, uh, uh, in Jacksonville, uh, going to Madison Square Garden uh, for the NIT uh, semifinals with the men's basketball team that first year, going to the NCAA tournament. I'd never done an NCAA tournament game. Got to do that in San Jose. So there have been a lot of high points in, in a very short period of time, and uh, I'm glad I've been able to be a part of it. Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs, joining us on today's Maroon Friday show, talking about his broadcasting career and just how different broadcasting has been in the year 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. When we come back for segment number three, we're going to be talking about football and getting you ready for the Missouri game on uh, Saturday. Today's show is brought to you by BuiltGo. BuiltGo helps you break through that wall when it combines energy gel and a collagen protein. The collagen protein inside BuiltGo is fast absorbing and gets into your system fast, which helps you break through your wall very quickly. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go is like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with about a third of the caffeine 
and better results. When you go to BuiltGo.com, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. More with Neil Price coming up in segment number three. This is the Maroon Friday Locked On Mississippi State. Segment three of our Maroon Friday show with Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs. We've had a great conversation with him so far, talking about uh, broadcasting in 2020, talking about his road to Starkville, and also talking a little bit about that crazy 2019 Egg Bowl. And uh, just like Neil said, it's the Egg Bowl. What can you expect? But we'll now shift our focus over to uh, the football side of things, talk a little bit about the Missouri game. But first, um, got to ask you what it's like working with Coach Mike Leach. Uh, he was named the head coach uh, after the season last year, uh, right after Lane Kiffin was hired at Ole Miss. So it's uh, pretty entertaining football in Mississippi. So what's it like just getting to know the real Mike Leach since you get to spend a lot of time with him? Well, I don't know that I still know the, the quote, real Mike Leach, but what I will tell you about working with him is that there's never a dull moment. And he is different, I think, than just about any coach that I've worked with across the, the entirety of my career because he will tell you exactly what he's thinking when you ask him a question. And we live in a world that is so dominated by social media and where people strive to be uh, politically correct. People are very sensitive about what they say with regard to how it might impact someone else's feelings or how it might impact their personal brand. I don't think Mike Leach falls into any of those categories. Uh, I think that he is refreshingly honest and I appreciate that as a broadcaster because I know that if I ask him a thoughtful question, he's going to give me a thoughtful response. And that's about all you can ask for uh, is authenticity, um, accuracy, and fairness. And, and I try to provide those things when I'm in those interview settings with him also um, because his time is valuable. Uh, but I love doing the Thursday night show with him. I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, I don't know that we've gotten too far off of the beaten path with any of the, the legendary uh, Mike Leach sound bites that exist from any of the stops in his career. But there have been some really funny moments, uh, some stories that he shared from other stops that have been entertaining. Um, but when it comes to talking about football, you know, I mean, he's he's pretty direct and to the point. And, and I think I've learned a lot about what he's trying to accomplish because of his honesty. And I think, too, that I've got a better plan for what I need to do going into games, whether it's interviewing him for the pregame, whether it's doing the Thursday night show, whether it's asking him the questions in the press conference postgame, uh, it just helps me have a better plan knowing what kind of response I'm going to get from him and, and trying to come up with a, a, a question that will generate an answer that, that helps to educate not just me, but, but also the fan base. Boys of the Bulldogs, Neil Price on today's Maroon Friday show, talking a little bit about Coach Mike Leach there. And now uh, we're getting to the end of the football regular season. Missouri coming into town, I believe, for the first time in history. I think the last time that the uh, Bulldogs played Mizzou, they played in Columbia. Uh, it was a game that was supposed to be played a couple of weeks ago, but they needed to make up a game with Arkansas, one of their uh, big SEC rivals. 
And now the time comes that State is getting ready to take on the Missouri Tigers. So, uh, one, I'll just get your thoughts on how strange it is to be calling a game on SEC Championship game day when it's not the SEC Championship game because I you know, don't know if that's ever happened uh, in any time lately. And two, just your overall thoughts on what Mississippi State needs to do to get uh, get out of a get out of Starkville with a win and uh, put a uh, put a cap on the uh, twenty twenty regular season. Well, you know, I don't know that I'd really thought about it in terms of this being a game on Championship Saturday uh, that that doesn't involve actually being in the event. Uh, you know, that's the first time I've really thought about it. I just think about it as the next game on the schedule a lot of times because, like I told you earlier, we're in this overlap and you're just trying to keep your head above water with, with you know, a, a football game on Saturday, a basketball game coming up right on the heels of that on Monday. Uh, and we had one basketball game already in the week, you know, so I didn't give it much thought, to be honest with you. I, I think there is something that's kind of neat about it for fans because you got a whole day of conference football uh, leading up to that nighttime championship game. So I think it's it's a fan's dream. I mean, you always had, I guess, the three championship games or four that, that were all kind of right there in a row in some order on on championship saturday and that was a big day but i think this is kind of cool if you're an sec fan that you've got a little bit of an undercard kind of like a boxing a boxing match and now you've got you know your, your main event late in the evening with uh florida and uh, alabama so um i hadn't thought about that uh in terms of the game you're right it is the first time that missouri's been to starkville these teams played in the state of mississippi once before mizzou joined the league Uh, that was back in 81 but they played it in jackson and uh you know it'll be good to see a new team come in this is a team that has exceeded expectation in in year one under uh eli drinkwitz uh they've won five games they're going to go to a bowl game they've got a chance to end the year at six and four so they got a lot to play for um They've got a really good running back in Roundtree who needs about 150 yards to wrap up a second 1,000-yard season. So I would imagine that he'll come in trying to have a big day because that's a goal, obviously, for any running back at this level to try and put together a 1,000-yard year. And just in talking to Coach Leach, uh, you know, Connor Basilak is their quarterback, and they like to do a lot of, of things with, with eye deception uh, to try and keep defenses off guard, and, and he's the key part of that. Does a really good job at keeping defenses off balance with fakes and, you know, obviously the way he runs their offense. So they're going to present some challenges. And, and on defense, they have a linebacker that is likely going to be a first-round draft pick and is a, a finalist for – the Butkus Award, uh, best linebacker in the country. So they've got an anchor on that side too. Um, So I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be an entertaining game uh, to close the year. And I think what Mississippi State's got to do is kind of get back to where they were coming out of that Ole Miss game. They played really well even though they lost at Georgia and at Ole Miss. And against Auburn, they just really had a hard time getting anything going on the offensive side. And and I think Auburn had a lot to do with that, to be honest with you. They were physical at the line of scrimmage, especially against the receivers, uh, knocked them off their routes early. And I think that probably is a, a good learning experience 
for some of those young guys that are playing at that position because that's that's something they're going to have to get used to playing in the SEC. So, you know, can they get back to, to form? Can they get back to where they're moving the ball up and down the field? They're, they're getting off to better start like they were against Georgia and like they were against Ole Miss. If they can do that, they're going to have a great chance, I think, to win the game. And I still think Mississippi State wants to play in a bowl game. I, I think that they want to do the best they can to impress upon somebody that they're worth an opportunity if they could find a way even just to get to three wins. Um, and I think they would benefit greatly, they being the Bulldogs, from from having that extra game. You know, you've got a lot of young guys. You didn't have a spring. Um, you, you could get some extra practice time in if you get into a late December bowl game and get one more opportunity to get these guys on the field together. And then hopefully, depending on how things go with COVID, uh, you can get back to some kind of spring practice next year and you're keeping guys together for a while now and and getting to build some continuity and build some good habits with regard to what they're doing on the football field. So for all those reasons, Taylor, I think it's a really important game for both teams. And, uh, you know, I hope State can find a way to get a win and they kind of get a redo. They did senior day uh, last Saturday against Auburn. Couldn't get it done for those guys. They got a chance maybe to get it turned around here. And I'd be curious, too, to see what Earl Thompson does in this game because, you know, state people know how good a linebacker Errol is. Um, he just passed the 300 career tackle mark in the game against Auburn. He's one of three guys on the team that's got more than 20 career tackles for loss. And I think he believes he belonged on that Butkus finalist list, and he got snubbed. And I'd be curious to see how he comes out and, and plays in this game against a guy on the other side who's on that list and has had a good career himself from Missouri. So, you know, a couple little things maybe to watch over the course of that game. Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs, joining us on today's show. Uh, football coming up on Saturday. There's a basketball game next week before SEC plays get started after Christmas against Georgia uh, State playing Mississippi Valley State a game that was replaced on the schedule uh, taking place that Utah State game that was supposed to be played down in Florida. Uh, how can folks listen to you on the Mississippi State Radio Network, and where can people find you on Twitter for the latest on Mississippi State Bulldog Athletics? Well, on, on Twitter, it's at Hale State Voice, and uh, on uh, in terms of listening to the games, HaleState.com is a great place to start if you'd like to find the terrestrial station in your area in Mississippi, uh, and for those of you who maybe are outside of the listening area of one of those affiliates, or maybe you're traveling or you're out of the state, uh, again, you can go to hailstate.com, the Hail State app. You can listen to the games there. Uh, tune in is another great uh, option, uh, not only to listen to our games, but to, to listen to college football across the country. They've got uh, several games that stream there as well um so you know you'll you'll find us somewhere uh in one of those stops uh, and hopefully uh one of those is is available to you either on your mobile device or uh you're able to just turn it on in your car or at home and listen uh i know we've had a lot of folks who have been listening this year um you know and i think we take that for granted sometimes but in a year where covid's been what it has people can't come to the games like they normally would in, in a given year uh, it's been nice to 
folks to let us know that they listen uh, and that they appreciate it. And certainly we appreciate them and opportunities to come and visit with folks like you too, and get to talk a little bit about what we do. And um, I hope I haven't worn you out in a half hour or so here, but uh, it's, it's been a great visit and uh, we'll look forward to telling everybody about state Missouri on Saturday. Hey, we're looking forward to it as well. Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs, joining us on today's show. Uh, kickoff between Mississippi State and Missouri, the final regular season home game of the season, or final regular season game in general. It will be at 2.30 tomorrow, and you can, of course, listen to the game on the MSU Radio Network with our guy, Neil Price. Neil, it was an absolute honor talking with you. I felt like I could have uh, talked with you for another three hours or so. It probably would have been a... Uh, Pretty epic podcast if that were the case. But, uh, again, thank you for taking time out of your day on a Friday and uh, talking with us. And we uh, want to wish you good luck on the call tomorrow and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, Taylor. Enjoyed it. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Hey, Merry Christmas to you as well. We'll have a full recap of the Missouri game on Monday's show. We'll also get a preview of Mississippi State basketball versus Mississippi Valley State as well. For Neil Price, I'm Taylor Jones. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hail State! We'll talk again soon.